Welcome to the 50 States Finish Line podcast, where we talk about running, road races, and all the ways running enriches our lives. I'm your host, Pam, and I've run half marathon races in 28 states and completed five marathons. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today. Each week, we'll take a deep dive discussing a race's start and finish, the course, the post-race festivities, before spending the final minutes reflecting on the takeaways or life lessons from a given race. I've been fortunate to share my running journey with family and friends, and I'm excited to share their expertise with you as well. My guests will share some of their favorite shoes, their tech gear, and races yet to come. In today's episode, we're talking about Bismarck, North Dakota's half marathon. So let's begin. For today's conversation, I am joined by my fellow runner, Jen. We started running together more than 15 years ago. We call our neighborhood running group the Beehive Five, and in another episode, we'll talk more about running groups. This past September, Jen and I traveled to Bismarck, and we'll be talking about a recent race with a good friend. Seemed like a terrific place to start this series. So welcome, Jen. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here. This is really exciting. Well, it's so nice to have you in the studio to talk about our races together, and we've done so many over the years. So it's kind of funny that we're starting with Bismarck, (laughs) because it's not a place, I mean, I think both of us have traveled a lot for races, and this was kind of a special race for both of us because it was at least for both of us, I think, one of our first races after COVID. Yep, yep, absolutely. And, you know, as part of that experience, I guess, in terms of timing, that's really what kind of motivated us around this race. But I think for me, and maybe I'll just start and say some of the things that I really appreciated about this race, and then would love to have you jump in, would be that this race Um, happened in the fall. So it allowed for that summer kind of ramping up, which is so helpful to be able to do during the summer months. And as it turned out, it was a lovely time of year to be in Bismarck, North Dakota. The temperatures were perfect. It's funny, apparently they get some pretty uh, significant windstorms, but we didn't experience that. So that was really, we were very lucky with that. And it just turned out to be one of those perfect running days. I don't know if you felt that way as well. I did. So both in a lot of different ways from a temperature perspective. And as you mentioned, there wasn't any wind. And then um, it was really a beautiful course. I think one of the most interesting things about this journey that we're on is going to see places that you wouldn't go for any other reason. Like who goes to Bismarck (laughs) on purpose? (laughs) Um, So it was really great to go to Bismarck and sightsee and um, cross the Missouri River and go through their parks. And it was a beautiful, beautiful run. Yeah, I think we both came to find out like I, you know, one thing I really loved about this race, it was smaller than other like city races. There were only about a thousand runners. I think there were maybe 700 half marathoners, if that, and maybe 250 marathoners. But that it had, you know, it had kind of the city feel to it of being able to run on pavement. We ran over a couple of bridges, I would call that. But you definitely got the sense that people are moving into Bismarck. It seems like it's kind of an affordable place to live. So I know in my pace group, there were people from Colorado and other Western states who had recently kind of discovered Bismarck. And so it's definitely kind of an up and coming city in in a way. And it was fun to talk to people who had either recently discovered it or kind 
kind of were thinking like thinking like us, like, hey, wait a minute, this is in a this is a pretty nice, affordable place to kind of if you were going to put down roots to to spend time. Yeah, and I also talked with people that were there for generations. So I think it's one of those places where its charms grow on you over time. Like they had a beautiful park system, so we saw some really nice like baseball fields and and. That's the kind of thing that builds community. So I think it's the type of place where if you've grown up there, maybe it's harder to move somewhere else where you don't have that sense of community. Because it certainly wasn't the most stunning place that we've got to visit from a perspective <laughs> of like mountains or oceans or um, it didn't have you know the, the most amount of things to do culturally even. I know as we've traveled to different states, we look for museums, we look for things that are going to be engaging that we can learn about the place. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's too early to throw this out there, but the most engaging thing that there was in Bismarck was a pub crawl, (laughs) (laughs) which is a new one for us on a a 50-state journey. Right, right. No, it's never too early to throw out the out the pub crawl. And, um, you know, kind of related to that, because it was our first race back, I think you know, one of the takeaways for me was kind of respecting the distance. So I really wasn't sure what to expect kind of that first race back. And, you know, we can talk more about takeaways, but in terms of respecting that distance, I think we really thought about moderation, whether it was food intake, beverage intake the night before the days ahead of it. So yeah, the idea of a pub crawl is like, yeah, I think we can do that after, you know, once we cross that finish line. Yeah. And it didn't take us long to start. I think we had a beer in our hand within minutes of the finish. So that's a lovely way to kick it off right yeah there was something else I wanted to touch on that you mentioned so you said it was like from a perspective of the number of people we've been whether it's Chicago and 40,000 runners or we've both been at small races in the woods wherever right but what was really interesting to me size-wise about Bismarck is that it was set up as if it were going to be 40,000 runners do you remember like the infrastructure the volunteers you're so right you're so right I mean, we ju- I just felt so cared for and like that we were part of this huge event. But then because there were only, what what did you think? The Fewer than a thousand, I think. Yeah. So then they, we got tons of individualized uh, cheering. And when you finish, they talked like, and here comes Pam Appleton. Like, you know, so that was, <laughs> it was a really fun race from that perspective. It was, it was. Yeah, every water stop, you could get water or Powerade. So often it's like, oh, we've ran out of something by the time, you know, you kind of come, come through. And yeah, they had a really nice kind of finish area that we were able to enjoy. And I also thought um, they had really nice pacers. Again, that was something that uh, as kind of a regular runner, I really appreciate pacers that are from the really fast group to those of us who may not be as fast. And my pacer was from Fargo, North Dakota. So it was like having a running tour guide because she was able to explain to my group that was with her. And again, we were from Colorado and Michigan, just the differences between Fargo and Bismarck, because in my head, I thought they were kind of the same. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. Fargo is so much larger. Obviously, they have very similar weather, but it sounds as though employment there are many more employment opportunities from Fargo so she actually made me want to think about visiting Fargo at some at some time but the pacing and the pacers themselves were delightful and so like you're saying that's something you normally only see in a really large race and I really appreciated that about the Bismarck half and pacers 
what what a gift they give to the people that they're their little group. I mean, it's you just feel like they're going to get you if you pick a certain time and you stick with a the pacer, they're going to get you there. And you end up building this bond if you're chatty enough and you can get sort of somewhere near them and start asking some questions. And do you remember my pacer? Her daughter was also pacing. <sighs> That's a right. Group. Her daughter was like 13 years old and she was pacing some extraordinarily fast group. And then the mom was trying to finish, I think, whatever she was doing, 210 or 2, two whatever it was. Right, right. Um, so they had their own little story going on and um, it was fun for me. I went from one of, one, you know, my pace group, I was able to eventually just barely catch the daughter and I just said to her, your mom's been talking about you for two hours. She's so Oh, that's so adorable. But it's fun to make those connections with local people when you're at a race because they volunteered their time to help you. Yes, definitely, definitely. So I think we'd give two thumbs up for Pacers at Bismarck. The race course itself, it was a loop, if I recall, right? We went out over two bridges. We broke away, or the marathon broke away at mile five. So I think that part was probably nice for both the half and the full runners that there was a little bit of a separation there. And then we all kind of finished in that Cottonwood Park at at the end. Um, and the swag, we, we brought samples of the swag here, but a really be- it was the 40th running of the Bismarck half. So kind of the retro metal and then always love compression socks. I think those yeah. are one of my favorite things to find in a swag bag. I don't know. I what agree. are your, what's your favorite thing to find in a swag bag? Oh, that's a good question. So it's fun to try. Sometimes there'll be little samples of whatever it is, like some ty- new type of fuel or some new type of hydration product. And it's fun to try different products for that reason. Um, I probably little cap. Caps, the little running caps that oh, yeah. you don't get too hot when you wear them, but they're mm-hmm. good in the rain, like keep the rain out of your eyes. I love seeing those in a bag. Yeah. Um, kind of a sucker for little cups, like, like a pint glass with the logo. I don't know. I'm, I'm all about the swag. Okay. Oh, I'm all about, I'm all about the swag, all about the swag too. And that was, Bismarck had really nice swag and yeah. a very affordable race, you know, both yeah. in terms of, I think the entry fee wasn't a whole lot compared to some of the big city races yeah. and also just accommodations, you know, uh, it was very, it was one of our more affordable destination races. Yeah. I mean, obviously we've been to some more expensive cities, yeah. so this was kind of nice that it didn't break Bake, break the bank to go yeah. and uh, to do this race. It was, and even just going out to eat or on a pub crawl, it was very reasonable for us to ju- just drink silly amounts of beer. It didn't didn't cost us a fortune. It was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the post-race festivities, or I guess just Bismarck in general. Um, we flew in from Boston, flew through Minneapolis, and very flat, you know, very flat kind of farmland. Everyone kind of joked about the wind, and we felt it at one of the last stops on our own informal pub crawl. But yeah, they had a formal pub crawl that we quickly quickly realized was really hosted by like maybe an Anheuser-Busch distributor because yeah. all the beer choices were pretty limited. Yeah. And then we discovered the the good local microbreweries and um, some of those terrific flavors of beers that they offered the I don't know one was like a Tootsie Roll or a yeah. Rollo flavored <laughs> yeah. beer yeah there were some good ones a couple of good stouts if I remember right it was pretty good yeah yeah and then a really cool kind of street festival yeah. which was popular with all the with all the folks in town yeah 
But and if we, there's one thing we can comment on that maybe in other races, we've been super fortunate because I think for each of us, we come to it for different reasons, right? Like my degree is in geography and I want to go see every place in the country. And we all have interests that are cultural, historical, maybe musical. I mean, we've done some weird things, right? Like yeah. the Farm Implement Museum <laughs> and um, the museum, the Stacks Museum. Like oh, We've done yeah. some really cool things. So when we got to Bismarck, being like, what should we do? People are like, oh, there's a great race, and then there's a pub crawl. We're like, wonderful. We're definitely going to partake in that. But what else should we do? Like, that's pretty much it. This is our big weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good um, to be with dear friends and be able to make our own fun because nothing against Bismarck, and I look forward to like you know learning a little bit more. But we even tried. We tried to Google at night and find right. some like history, and maybe they had some kind of like. Native American Museum. Maybe they had some kind of like the history of industry in Bismarck and they didn't. <laughs> well, so we did find, remember we found that um, the railroad car yeah. that was kind of under this one little shed off in like one like square acre yeah. on the uh, one side of Bismarck that actually was part of the renaming of the city for Bismarck. Uh, for one of the early founders or the yeah. early settlers in the in the city, so yeah, but you're I feel so like you right. just made my point because if that was the highlight was the railroad car under the shed, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're kind of saying the same thing right. I'm saying. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the race was definitely, I think, the highlight of the weekend. Whereas some, in some other cities, you're right, we've been to the race ended up just being part of a bigger yeah. conversation about what we experienced in that city. So that yeah. that thing is is for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, as we think about the race, were there some takeaways from this particular race, both maybe just in terms of your running that come to mind? Um, yeah. Yeah. So if, if it's specific mm. to running, it's just that we're always stronger than we think. So I think all of us went there with all these hesitations. We hadn't been kept keeping up with our running enough. And because we hadn't been able, like normally over the years, we've been able to sign up for whatever it might be, three, four, five races a year. And we sort of keep ourselves in some sort of base level of being in shape. And this one, we're all like, ah, you know, we really didn't do that this time. But <laughs> <laughs> you get out there and you start running and you're like, I got this. So I, I don't know. It's just a reminder that we're we're always more capable than we think we are. That is a great a great takeaway. And it's so true. It's so true. I know, I know for me, one of the takeaways from this race, because it was the first one in a long time was just to give myself permission to set more than one success in terms of how I would define the race. So, you know, an initial one was like, I just want to finish this darn thing. I haven't done a distance like this, not even a training run this long. So I just wanted to finish it. And then I said, you know, when I discovered there was a pacer, I was like, all right, I just want to finish with this pacer. And then I said, well, maybe I'll finish ahead of the pace group. So I think that's the other thing, like you're saying, we're stronger than we are. And also to give ourselves permission to define success in multiple ways. And certainly both of these ideas can spin out beyond running. I think we've learned that in our lives, that the lessons we take from the road certainly apply to other parts of our life. And I think it, they're just great lessons that yeah. we can we can share out. And I think on along those lines, so I had been trying to have it be a marathon, and that just didn't That's pan right. out this year for whatever reason. And I was sort of trying to decide, like, what does that mean for me? And, and should this be a problem or should I just roll with it? And I ended up being like, this was one of my favorite races ever, probably wow. because of that thing where 
Um, I came into it with a different expectation. It ended up being so fantastic. And at the end of the day, really, it's more about our time together, you know, as friends getting together and traveling together and having a good time and catching up with each other. Um, that, yeah. that those things are more important than whatever happens when you lace up your shoes. You know, it's nice to get to it. I think that's the other idea right around having more races on the calendar. They don't feel so, if you have one race on the calendar, it feels so important. But if you have lots of races on the calendar, you can just say to yourself, well, not this time, you know, maybe it'll be next time. And I do think it's interesting, like both of us, because we felt pretty good at that race, may now revisit kind of doing longer distances, whereas initially we were maybe feeling badly about that. And um, it's really great to recognize you might have ebbs and flows with running. Yeah. And so I think over the last 15 years or whatever it's been of running is that's been sort of one of the things that we've learned is you can have different types of years and different goals. And I mean, there were times when I wanted to be really competitive and place in my age group. And luckily that phase didn't last very long. (laughs) And then you're an amazing runner. No, no, no. But like, you know what I mean? It's like we every I feel like we just complete we were open to reinventing ourselves as long as we keep getting out there and getting fresh air and staying fit and keeping our um, connections with each other alive, that that's the thing that matters, right? It's so true. It's so true. So, you know, as we think about kind of, are there anything, any aspects of this race that we didn't touch on that we just want to kind of get to in, in this conversation? Or do you want, we can pivot towards kind of, again, kind of these other kind of takeaways from this, this race. You know, it's funny, as I think about like the things I liked about this race, it was a Saturday start. I think Mm -hmm. we all feel like when you're traveling in from a race and have to be in work on Monday, it's great when it's a Saturday start. It does make it hard getting out the door on Friday, but it's just nicer to enjoy after the race, knowing that it's not a Sunday and you're going to have to, you know, be back in a work setting on a Monday. Um, I also, you know, oddly, I don't know what race it was but we did a race that had really crowned roads oh man and the pavement was really bad you know it's an odd thing to right it is the worst (laughs) you end up like crossing the street constantly Uh, hobbled after like you can be in the best shape of your life and you run for however many miles like tilted and it's not working it's terrible so kudos to bismarck no uh crowned highways (laughs) thank you bismarck (laughs) department of transportation or (laughs) whatever right oh and a super clean city oh my gosh Uh, i don't think we saw a piece of trash anywhere i mean it was just sparkling clean we ran through some really beautiful neighborhoods where people had um docks that went down to the missouri river kind of little launches off the back and then then the front yard they had their gator so again that quality of life i think think people in Bismarck have it figured out. In the Missouri, as we've like crisscrossed the country, it's the connectivity, like whether you're on a certain coastline and you've been further north on the coastline. And I have a son that's living out west now, and he had gone on a fishing trip the weekend before further up the Missouri. So it was really fun for me to be in Bismarck on the same river that he had just been on, you know, the week before or whatever. And when you go through Bismarck, it's it's what would you think, like a quarter of a mile wide there where we crossed? Oh, yeah, really. Yeah, very wide. Big, beautiful river. Like it was really interesting to to see that river, I thought. Yeah, I I I agree. Um. I do think that's one of the great lessons, kind of experiencing geography when you run 13 mile, 13.1 through a city or 26 as a point two, um, you really get a sense of an entire city, the geography, the neighborhoods. Yeah. It's just a wonderful, wonderful way to experience a city. And also as a state capital city, I did look up 
the fact that it is the only asymmetrical state capitol building in the United States. I'm not really sure what the asymmetrical part. It was just not the most picturesque, I guess I would say. It looked like an IBM uh, server building. It really was just this 14-story, I don't know, 14-story, but very tall kind of building right in the middle of the city that wasn't really anything I don't know that I would describe as being a state capital, and being. And we've a, seen state capital. I mean, we've been to some really beautiful buildings. Like Austin was beautiful. Right. We've, been, we've seen some gorgeous state capital buildings, and this one just won't be on that list. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. This wasn't that? That's so true. But as a state capital city, also being in there on the weekends when things are a little bit quieter, yeah. And that that's definitely been, I think, our experience where these half marathons or marathons are taking place in state capitals. The town themselves are kind of a little quiet so you really have some of the landmarks all to yourselves which is great for sightseeing 100 percent. and if it hadn't been a state capital we might not have met miss bismarck oh she she actually right. crossed us across the street she was like our crossing guard at one of the busier intersections and sash and crown and I, maybe a tutu i don't know that's right that's right <laughs> yeah that's so right. we've got that going for us that was a first, I yeah. think, having a having a uh, someone holding that kind of title as yeah. either yeah directing traffic by the bridge. I remember yeah. that. Very few musical acts on this yeah. race course. I think one Elvis sighting, but very mm. little other music on this on this course. So I guess if someone's a runner and they are gravitating towards music, yeah, uh, might not get it at Bismarck. Yeah, and actually for me, I I generally like the hills just because I feel like it breaks up like mentally. You you're busy thinking about other things, so you're not so it's not as boring. <laughs> And Bismarck was pretty flat. So if you're somebody that loves having hills, this it also may not be a perfect race for you. But I I don't think that we've ever been someplace that was friendlier or we were better supported on the course. Totally. So totally. if those things are important to you, it would be a great place to go. Totally. Totally. So maybe um, I will ask these kinds of questions of our, of our guests is just, you know, as you look out over, you know, what would be some things that in terms of other runners might want to know about you so just like what's your favorite shoe what's like your favorite gear um yeah. we'll start there my favorite shoe is my trail running shoe it's called um it's from hoka and it's called the speed goat and it's got these gnarly treads on the bottom and i feel like a goat when i wear them i can go over everything and they make me very very happy and it's weird because they're as big as a loaf of bread. <laughs> so you'd think it would just feel really weird to run in. You put them on and you, you turn into a, a goat. So they're, wow. they're wonderful. I love them. And not like you don't twist your ankle. You don't worry no. about twisting your ankle when they no. sit it so high off the, off the ground. Yeah, it's a great question. And everybody always asks me that question about these shoes. But they're um, angled out from, so from the point where your heel cup is out to the base of the, of the running shoe it's angled out like a pyramid. So oh, it's, it gives you a really good platform. I have not twisted my ankles in those shoes. And, and I, and I do a lot of weird, I like, I call it my osteoporosis test when I wipe out when I'm trail running a couple of times a year and slam into the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not graceful out there and I don't twist my ankles in them. That is great. And they're called speed goat. What speed a fabulous, goat. fabulous name. How mm. about technical gear? Any headlamps or things like that, that you really like? Yeah, I love my GPS. Everybody probably loves their own GPS watch for different reasons, but I run with a Garmin. I think it's a 245, Forerunner 245. And the reason I love it is because I'm a map geek. And when I get home, I can download the run and then look at a satellite image and I can say, oh, we, you know, look at this. And we, here's where we cross like it for Bismarck. Here's where we cross the river. And then I can scroll out and look and see where did the river come into the city or whatever. So I really love that 
Garmin has more sophisticated um, mapping on their app. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Can you, da- oh, you can download it right to yeah. your app. So that's- it's Bluetooth. So um, I, as long as you have the app on the phone, when I, I open up the app, it will show me the last run or uh, all the runs. But very cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. How about um, any upcoming, like what's a race on the bucket list for you? So not upcoming because I really want to try to stay married, but it's on my someday list. <laughs> Um, I'd like to go to the Great Wall of China and run uh-huh. the marathon on the Great Wall. So I, I, I'll i get there someday, but um, I try to balance that with my normal life and my and the activities that I do with my family. So yep. it's not, I don't have it on the calendar yet, but it will be someday. That will be very, very cool. Mm. Very, very cool. Well, Frick doesn't want to go, you know. <laughs> you got a travel friend right here. Okay. And he doesn't want to go. He oh. says... That's one he doesn't want to go to. So now okay. you're now you're stuck, Pam. <laughs> Guess where you're going? <laughs> gladly, I will definitely gladly go. And then the lastly, maybe um, inspiration. Like when you're out there and the the going gets tough, what do you yeah. say to yourself, or how do you keep yourself going yeah. forward? I love this question because it's super fun to hear from other people because mm. you can incorporate like depending on the circumstance, right? Like I just had a friend. I asked this question and she said that her thing is to say when she's doing a hard run like hell repeats whatever she's doing she thinks to herself that she's putting it in the bank ah interesting yeah I really like that like it kind of gives it purpose right um but for me if it's it's whether I'm like apprehensive at a start line or feeling exhausted late in the race or whatever I just tell myself that I've trained my whole life for this very minute Ah. and that works for me well obviously it does work for you because you've done a lot Mm -hmm. of races I didn't say at the start but you're nodding your head so I don't know if you want to say how many races you've done I don't don't know well we're in the same boat we've done like a lot of a lot of similar races and been running at it about a similar amount of time so I think I'm in the same you actually probably have completed more states than I have at this point that might be but I think you have you definitely have more marathons and you might have more half marathons in total but yeah yeah, we it's funny we started out around the same time with just the purpose of getting out of the house for an hour and leaving our husbands and kids behind and now it's turned into this whole great adventure so yeah 100% we've we've solved a lot of um, problems out there in the mornings (laughs) like running along in the dark and just you know having each other for our different whether it was something going on with the kids while they were growing up or whatever yeah yeah yeah, it's been a it's been a really really wonderful adventure. I know. So I am so grateful for having you in, with me today, and this has been a really fun conversation. I have a feeling we might get to do it again at some point in time when we can talk about another race. But you know, as we kind of um, think about the final moments together, are there any final thoughts you want to share? Only one, which is that. When we started out on this adventure, like whatever, I mean, at least 15 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Because we trained first for the 2004 Chicago Marathon. Yes, we did. So it was a long time ago. We're we're actually, I mean, not to give too much away about how old we are, but (laughs) (laughs) right? Yes. And at that time, we talked about that our kids were all really little. And we talked about how we hoped that someday we'd be going to each other's kids' weddings or whatever. And now here we are all these years later and we all still adore each other's grown children and we are all still looking at our grown kids get together and keep in touch and we still get together and keep in touch. So again, that it's not about the running, that it's about the community. So whatever it may be, knitting or beekeeping or running, (laughs) right? It doesn't matter. 
Right, right. Yeah, I mean, what started out as just simply an hour in the morning in the dark has really turned into so much more and has um, allowed us to live really full, meaningful lives. And I think what we all are really excited to see is that our children value a healthy lifestyle in whatever format that they've chosen to take that. So I think it's something we never anticipated. All those lessons that you don't anticipate taking place, um, the fruits of the labor, right, are are more wonderful than we could have ever imagined. So I agree. I am uh, so grateful for having you join me today on the 50 State Finish Line podcast. And listeners can find us on Apple Music or through iTunes. And next week's episode, will I'll be joined by another runner, also a mom of five children. And she and I ran a race both overseas and then here in the U.S. And until then... Um, Best wishes for running for everybody, and thank you for listening to the 50 States Finish Line podcast.